Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the bald faced truth. You want to know what's going on in college football? Ross Dellinger's got you covered at Ross Dellinger on Twitter. He writes about college football for Sports Illustrated and SI Now. Great follow, knows what the hell's going on. That's why we're bringing him on the show. He also lives in the Eastern time zone, so he's kind enough to join us at, like, you know, I have two younger daughters, one daughter in college, but the younger kids at about 7 o'clock, like our time locally, we're in wind-down time. What's going on in the Dellinger household at 7 o'clock on a lovely Wednesday? How you doing, Ross? Uh, I'm, I'm doing okay. <laughs> it's been a... It's been a long day. It's been a long day. It's been a long few days. It's been a long <laughs> week. Uh, but uh, that's the time of year it is, man. Silly, I know. silly season. You got the coaching hires, the coaching fires, a bunch of arrests. People are getting arrested now, and it's like, um, it's just really wild. And there, in that, you've got like the normal flow of, hey, Tuesday, here comes the CFP rankings. What did you think when the rankings came out last night? Uh, what were your immediate takeaways? Oh, it was about what I thought, you know. Um, I I think that, uh, you know, the big focus was Alabama and Ohio State and uh, where they would be compared to one another. Five, five, we we saw five Ohio State, six Alabama, but I think most people would have expected that, you know. Um, uh, You know, and then the the only other really thing was were they going to flip Michigan and Georgia at the top? You know, they didn't do that either, which I didn't expect. So it was, it was pretty, kind of pretty boring, kind of exactly what uh, what we all expected. Where are you on sort of the debate around the teams that have to play a conference championship game versus maybe those that are sitting outside the top four that could benefit from a loss inside the top four? Um. Well, I, you know, I think the bottom line is if uh, – if USC loses, then Ohio State is is, is in the playoff. Um, I you know I think that if TCU and Michigan and Georgia lose, I just feel like they're in. They're they're still in. Um, I, I maybe the seating is different, obviously. Uh, but if any of those teams lose, I feel like they're in. So I think the big thing to watch, you know, is will USC lose? Uh, you know, if they if they win, they're in. If they lose, I think I think you'll have an eleven and one nine champion uh, in the field and a second Big Ten team in the field, which I'm sure no one will have a problem with, John. <laughs> yeah, everyone's gonna love that. I I think the one thing we can agree on is we have a system that that will give us belly aching at the end, no matter what. Um, I've seen you kind of kick around some expansion ideas. It you know it if and when they go to the 12 teams or when they go to the 12 team uh, tournament, uh, how does that change this time of year for college football fans and teams? 
Um, hello? Hey, John? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry about that, man. You broke up on your question. Yeah, no, you know, if they go, when they go to 12 and they expand from 4 to yeah. 12, how does that change kind of this time of year for, for the college teams, for the fans, and for the game in general? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I I, uh, I think that, first of all, right now, we go into this last weekend, obviously, with at the very most six teams, right, uh, in contention for the, for the playoff. Um, I think, you know, we would go in the last week or two of a season with, in a 12-team playoff with 15, 18, maybe 20 teams still alive to make the playoff. So you just incorporate, right, more teams. You incorporate more people. Um, and I think that's good. I think that's great for college football. Um, you know, one one line that is really interesting uh, when they were expanding the playoff um, is, and I want to read it to you because it's in kind of a story that I actually was working on. Uh, you know, most NCAA postseason fields include at least 10% of a sport's total teams, the postseason, you know, baseball, basketball, softball. It's roughly 10 to 12% of the total number of teams. College football is about 3%, and, and that's just too low. And there's just not enough opportunities. Even if it's the same teams that win, there's just not a lot of opportunities. Um, and I think this will this will uh, create more opportunities, right? It'll involve more people, more fan bases. I think it'll energize what we've seen is kind of becoming a little stale um, of a CFP, right? I mean, we've had, I think it's something like almost 80% uh uh, John, 80% of uh, the spots in the CFP uh, since it started eight years ago uh, have been accounted for, for basically the same six teams. Like 80% of, of, of playoff spots have been account have been uh, taken up by six teams. That's that's incredible. I mean, that's, that number's got to be bigger. And in a 12-team playoff, we'll, we'll have it. Ross Dellinger with us, Sports Illustrated. You wrote about the Rose Bowl, and I think it's really interesting because you've been on this. What is going on with the Rose Bowl? Anything new there? What What do you think happens with the Rose Bowl as the playoff does expand? Well, we're we're getting close. It seems like. I mean, this is the deadline they gave them basically to the today, the end of day today, which out on the West Coast we're we're approaching in the next hour and a half or so. Um, so. Uh, you know, I I would think they'll they'll have a decision. The Rose Bowl either we're in or we're out. And if they're out, if they agree, if they do not um, amend their contract, then the CFP will be delayed. Expansion will be delayed at least two years. We won't expand until 26 probably instead of 24. So if they're in, we're spanning in 24. Um, so the Rose Bowl could cost quite a bit, right? It could cost a lot. Um, it you know uh, it could cost 450 million dollars. Um, that's the additional revenue that college football would get uh, off of the 24 and 25 expanded playoffs. It would cost 16 extra playoff spots, right? Opportunities in 24 and 25. Um, and gosh, John, I mean, it would cost its own partner. Uh, the Pac-12 needs the playoff as much or, or if not more than any other Power Five league. Um, and so I just don't understand this. You know, they, they, they've, uh, I know they have their traditional date and time and they want to keep it. They want guarantees for their traditional date and time to stay the same. 
uh, in future playoffs beyond 2025. But here's the thing. There is no playoff beyond 2025. One does not exist. All we have is a format, but we don't have anything else. There's no contract. There's been no finalization of details. Um, so as a CFP official uh, told me when talking about this subject, he said the Rose Bowl is trying to tie our hands in something that does not exist. And you just can't make guarantees on something that doesn't exist. The, the, the Rose Bowl is, in a way, um, holding the CFP hostage. Is there a possibility they get shut out, that the CFP just goes, hey, you know what, we don't need the drama, you're not willing to work with us, everybody else is, we'll find, you know, we'll create a new bowl game that will take your place. Yeah, I mean, that, that has been suggested. Uh, you know, I think a lot of CFP officials thought that the rules bowl would eventually come around um, to amending the contract. Um, and they kept on not doing it and not doing it, and then a deadline was put on them, and another deadline was put on them, and then we have this deadline here. They, they literally, you know, had 18 months. That's when this playoff proposal dropped. So I think there's a lot of frustration, and it's kind of come to a head the last couple of weeks. And there's been certainly high-ranking CFP officials who have suggested, hey, we'll just replace them. You know, if they're not going to expand or they're not going to agree and cooperate and expand early and let us expand early. I've been in starting in 2026 with a new contract. Well, we might have a new six bowl. Uh, it could be a creative bowl in SoFi Stadium, brand-new stadium in L.A. Maybe it's Allegiant Stadium. Maybe it's a bowl game created there in Vegas. Or maybe it's a legacy bowl that we already have, like the Gator Bowl or the Citrus Bowl or Houston Bowl, uh, Music City. Um, you know, uh, that has been suggested lately, and I think it has been suggested out of frustration. Ross Dellinger with us, Sports Illustrated. Follow him on Twitter, at Ross Dellinger. Ross, the, uh, it's hiring cycle. Do you, do you have a hire that really intrigues you, that you know just jumps off the page? I mean, Kenny Dillingham to Arizona State or Hugh Freeze or uh, you know, Trent Dilfer even getting a job. Is, is there a hire that you go, hey, this is really going to be interesting? Well, I, uh, I think that, um, <laughs> yeah, Dilfer is, is an interesting one down there at UAB, something that kind of broke last night and pretty big stunner, and it came out of nowhere. He's been a high school coach for about four years, Trent Dilfer has. Um, and so that's going to be interesting to watch. He's 38-8 and eight as a high school coach. He won a state title last year and competing for another one actually this weekend. Um, so he's had success certainly, but obviously hasn't coached very long. Um that's one I'm definitely watching. You know, I think the biggest hire, the best hire so far was Wisconsin plucking Luke Fickle out of Cincinnati. Um, you know, a lot of teams tried to get Fickle over the last couple of years. He's kind of been waiting for that good Big Ten job. He's a Big Ten guy, and um, I think he wanted that good Big Ten job, you know, maybe in Ohio State or Michigan. But, hey, Wisconsin's right behind them, and I think he thought, hey, what the heck, this is a good time to leave in a lot of ways, you know. Cincinnati's heading to the Big 12. We kind of reached the ceiling last year with the Bearcats going to the playoff and all that. Um, so I think that's probably the best hire. But certainly they all have their intrigue. The one in Auburn, obviously, Hugh Freeze, uh, uh, is, is, is certainly one to watch.
Ross, the uh, the the report that Deion Sanders was offered Colorado. What's the right place for Dion? And and uh, you know, if I'm Colorado, I'm not offering that job unless he's taken it. Yeah, you know, Dion is a different cat, and uh, he's going to say what he wants to say when he wants to say it and how. Uh, and I don't think a lot of coaches would publicly reveal they were offered jobs um, right in the middle of negotiations for that job potentially. So very kind of bizarre there. Um, I, I think that uh, probably it's a good example of uh, why some ADs probably in the past have not wanted to hire Dion. You know, uh, when you get Dion, you get a celebrity. You know, and again, he he does he does what he wants. He tweets what he wants. Um, you know, he, he's not somebody that an, an athletic director could control in any way. Um, and in uh, and, and man or even manage, you know, he's got his own marketing team, his management team, agents, and all that stuff. So it, it, anywhere he goes is going to be interesting to watch, and going to be interesting to watch the relationship between him and his administration, his bosses, quote unquote. Um, I, you know, I don't know that he takes Colorado. He, uh, you know, I think he's in the mix down there at South Florida as well. It would really surprise me if a sitting SWAT coach passes on a power five job offer. Um, mm -hmm. it, it would be, it would be surprising. Uh, honestly, it'd be surprising if he, he passed on South Florida too. Um, so something tells me he'll be on the move uh, this weekend. Now you mentioned Dilfer. Uh, Dion's a great example of this. I think Kenny Dillingham and uh, you know, I even think that Dan Lanning's an example of programs now hiring the recruiter and putting the recruiter in charge is is this a trend that we will see correct back to teachers and coaches being in charge and a CEO of a program, or do you think the recruiters are here to stay as the lead? I'm recruiting and just getting talent, especially in the era of NIL and all that, I think we're here to stay uh, of a coach who is a recruiter, motivator, a personality, a big name, a celebrity type. I think we will be seeing more and more of that. You know, you can hire coaches. Yeah, you have so much money and so many different staff positions to hire coaches to do the X's and O's and the schematics that what you need at the top maybe at a lot of places is a guy that can attract that attract players, attract talent. And I think that's what it's all about right now, and I do not think that's going anywhere. Ross Dellinger, I appreciate you. Get back to work. I'll let you go. Thank you for joining us, bringing us your expertise. All right, you take care. Thanks. All right, there he is, Ross Dellinger, uh, joining us to talk about the scene in college football. Rose Bowl uh, on the clock right now. We'll find out what the Rose Bowl is going to do. Leave it here. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Coming up, uh, we will talk to Jaden Grant. If you missed the news earlier today, Oregon quarterback Jay Butterfield is jumping in the transfer portal. Uh, he is leaving the University of Oregon, got a college degree, he's got three years of eligibility left. He is in the portal and on his way somewhere else. Um, 
Ty Thompson. We got any word on Ty Thompson yet, guys? Ty Thompson going to get in the portal, too? Not that I've seen, but uh, I am frantically looking and searching the uh, interwebs. I think, uh, you know, I don't think they can officially jump in the portal until... Friday? I have to look at that. I thought it was Monday. But, uh, you know, I'll look at that again. But, guys, what happens if Bo Nix says, I don't want to play in the bowl game for Oregon? And Butterfield jumps in the portal. And um, and Ty Thompson jumps in the portal. Uh, it leaves Oregon in a precarious position. They would have um, uh, a uh, preferred walk-on or two to choose from, but nobody with any game experience and, frankly, nobody that is equipped to play quarterback right now in their system. Um, it's really interesting. I think Ty Thompson probably would wait. To see if, you know, but does, would you want to start a bowl game if you were Ty Thompson? Uh, yeah. A lot to lose. A lot of downside. There is some a, upside, though. There is some downside, but I think if he had any sense that Bo Nix was leaving, whether to go to a different school or the NFL, and I'm Ty Thompson, I would want to start that. I would want to start that game because I think, like you said, there is upside of him really having a good game and then being the yeah. future quarterback for Oregon. Portal opens December 5th, so it is Monday okay. through January 18th. That's the portal. That's yeah. the portal tracker. That or the Oregon QB situation is very interesting to watch for this portal. because uh, you're right. Like with Butterfield leaving now, going to the portal, there is those questions of what Bo Nix is going to do. And Ty Thompson, it's always been kind of thought. You know, once Bo Nix got the job, he'd be the next in the portal. But you're right. Like if Bo Nix has any type of inkling, he could be gone. Why would you not want to stay if you're Ty Thompson? I think Bo Nix has played his last game at Oregon. I think it, it was the Oregon State game. The Civil War game will be his last game, I think. And just every conversation I've had with him, including the interviews on this show, I've got the impression that he's, even though he's not projected as one of the top quarterbacks in the draft, I just got the feeling that you know he's married, he's been to Auburn, he's got college degrees, plural, he was taking a course load at Oregon that included yoga, and, you know, it was the minimum nine units this last uh, term. And I kind of just felt like he's going to take his chances in, with professional football. Maybe he's you know, sticks on a roster, maybe he doesn't, but he's going to take his chances after this season. Could you make a case for Bo Nix to come back? Could you make a case for Bo Nix uh, to uh, return to Oregon? I, I struggle with it because I just don't see – I don't see that he improves his draft position. I think he played about his best football that he could possibly play this year. Well, I struggle with it now, now that Dillingham's gone. I think if Dillingham was still back at Oregon, I could see a scenario where Bo Nix is back at Oregon. But with, with OC gone, I, I'm with you. I don't know how much he can really improve that stock or just really you know, improve that Oregon status of where they were this year. 45 days after the beginning of the championship selection. So it's selection Sunday for the college football playoff. Then the portal opens on Monday, and it is 45 days for you to transfer there. And that is the first window. There's another window that is a 15-day window that is in the first two weeks of May. So May 1 to May 15. Two windows, a total of 60 days. There you go, portal windows. Uh, and, you know, you're going to see massive amounts of activity in the transfer portal. Uh, by the way, the NCAA has voted down the idea that players could be allowed to enter the portal an unlimited amount of times. 
because they think it would create free agency. I got news for them. Free agency is already happening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's in conjunction with the portal. What rules could we bring into effect that would happen um, the uh, that would happen to create oh by the way, that rule, the NCAA entering the portal, unlimited amount of times without penalty, that rule uh, you know, it it got proposed. Like there were some programs that wanted to have no penalty for, for players to jump in an, an unlimited amount of times. So there you go. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like you shouldn't be able to go into the portal and then just – we don't want free agency, right? But how do you regulate the name, image, likeness world if you're not, if you're not uh, you know, a player? There's no way to regulate that. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't like the idea of no punishment just to enter every single season. But I don't know what the correct answer is either, right? Because I don't I don't want it to be fully professional, like free agency. We're just offering as much money as we can. But I also don't want to put limits on the on the students to like get their money and get all that they can get. So it's a weird situation for me, John. I really don't know. But I'm excited for the transfer portal. Like it brings a whole new dynamic to college football. Because you know, as a guy that watches the Beavers, like. I'm waiting to see who the Beavers go after in the transfer portal at quarterback. Like, I want to see it. I don't feel like they have it on the roster. They need to go out and get somebody in the portal. I'm excited to see who transfers and if Oregon State can get their hands on one of them. So it is a one-time uh, exception. So Bo Nix could not transfer to Arizona State without penalty. So that is a problem. You know, he was able to leave Auburn and go to Oregon. But he, if he transferred from Oregon to Arizona State, there's a potential that he would have to sit. In order to do that. So you have a one-time transfer window. Jaden Grant's coming up. Oregon State defensive back. What did he see on fourth down and one? Was he anticipating? Reacting? Was he was he at all fooled by Bo Nix keeping the football? He didn't look like it on Saturday. And what did that mean? We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.